Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to another episode on Let's Talk About Us with Uche um, interview edition. I am here with my brother from another mother, um, Chad, all the way in Canada. Um, we've recorded earlier this year, I think sometime in February, but I remember when I was um, editing that video, <laughs> I just didn't like my energy at all. I seemed really tired. Um, I, I think a lot of people have this misconception why, because of some of the things I, I post online on Instagram, my, my memes and things like that, that I I don't have a whole lot going on behind closed doors. But the truth is that I'm actually very busy behind closed doors. So, um, and I get really tired easily. And because of that, I keep drinking a lot of coffee. Um, and that day when we, we, when we recorded, I was high on caffeine. So I didn't like my energy. It seemed like I was, you know, there mentally. I was there physically, but mentally I wasn't really there. I wasn't really connected. So this is a rerun and retry of the episode that we recorded earlier. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for being patient. Thank you so much for being understanding. And thank you so much for carving out your time on your day off to come back for a rerun and repeat interview. Thank you so much, Chad. Do you want to give a quick introduction of who you are? Sure. Well, thank you back for having me. Um, we always have some pretty dope conversations, so it's always a, a pleasure being on the space. Um, my name is Chad Hobson. Um, I have a brand called So Indifferent um, that focuses on mental health, wellness, and community. Um, what started off as a passion for graphic design has turned into a responsibility for social um, um, for working on finding ways to help with the socialization of youth and children when it comes to mental health and self-expression and creativity. Um, I think as we live in a world right now where there's a lot of quick gratification. Um, I think what I've been trying to do over the last couple of years is show people what happens when you plant a seed and you have the patience and grace with yourself to allow that seed to uh, fully develop. Perfect. That's actually um, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you today. Um, we're going to be talking about Black people, and we're going to be talking about Black entrepreneurship and Black content creation. Uh, clearly, you're an entrepreneur yourself. You are also a content creator, and you're obviously a Black man. So I want to know, how did you get into the space of content creation? What is it that triggered it? I know you said it was a it was passion for you. Was there some type of a catalytic moment where you feel like, okay, you know what, I have to do something? Where did that come from? Um, it's you know it's funny, man. It's it's interesting because I think everything has kind of come full circle. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was in my uh, like late teens, I remember. Um, I was, I've always dealt with some form of like a depression. Like I've always dealt with that. I've, mm -hmm. I've recognized it since I was like in middle school. Um, I realized after high school that um, it was there. Um, I needed something to do. I needed something to fill my time with. Um, I decided one day to just go to the, the store downtown um, and just kind of go check it out. And I went in there. I was like, hey, like, um, can I just get that guitar on the wall? I just pointed to a bass guitar. I've tried guitar, regular guitar. I just could never wrap my hand around like the chord structure and all that. So I just went to the store and said, Hey, can I have that? Um, brought, brought it home. I was on the subway. I was like, what the hell am I doing with this? Brought it home. And it's like, it's, I sat it on my lap and it's just like a transformer kind of thing it was like, it just felt like so natural. And, mm. um, I remember setting, setting goals for myself to, to, to aspire to be in a band. Cause I never saw any reflections of anybody that looked like me that was in a band. Right. Mm. So for me, it was just like, ah, that's just something I want to do. And I realized that 
a lot of the the people that were my age and a lot of the friends that I had from previous schools and whatnot, they'd be doing music. I've always been interested in music, rapping, all that kind of stuff. I think everybody that I went to school with at least rapped for at least a short period of time. But for me, it was just almost like you just kind of hand somebody a CD and that was it. There's no real uh, form of, um, it just felt so kind of one dimensional from my perspective. And on top of that, there's everybody who's trying to be this one thing. So for me, it was like, how could I do this thing? But instead of competing with everybody, how can I differentiate myself? And picking up the bass guitar was my that decision. But I think the one thing when I say everything kind of comes full circle was was um, saying to myself that I'm going to post videos of myself playing covers online mm-hmm. with no real purpose of trying to be famous or anything like that. It's just like something in my mind was like, put this out there because you know you're dealing with depression put this out there. So you put the time in, make it perfect or whatever. Mm-hmm. And in the future, you use it as a reference point to look back at anytime you feel like you're going in a slump. Mm-hmm. And that's what I continuously did. So I don't like the term content creation because it sounds bastardized, especially with the way people kind of throw it around. <laughs> um, I think what I was doing is more so for self-preservation to help me to keep me grounded and keep me focused on why I'm here and what I'm about and a healthy way of expressing myself. Yeah, I do. I do. I do understand, you know, the whole bastardization of the content creation word, you know, everyone is on social media creating some type of content, um, just anything for attention. I understand. And, and, I, I, and that's the thing when you when, when you hear content creation, that just is such a wide funnel, yes. where it's just a whole bunch of shit. <laughs> like there needs to be a differentiation between content creation and value. Like, is what you're doing valuable? How is what you're doing helping somebody else and, and, um, well, and to be fair, light things that to be in there? To be fair, I, I want to be as neutral as possible, you know, like 100%. It, 100%. It, it, it is content creation to a certain extent, you know, whether it's, uh, you're, you're a comedy skit type of person, you are only on OnlyFans, you know, it doesn't matter what it is that you're doing in movies, um, photography, it is content creation. And the reason why a lot of these people, are successful, whether we approve or not, is because there's some type of consumer uh, market for them. So that is some type of value that they are offering to people. So I try to be as, you know, neutral as possible. Of course, in a capitalist world, you know, and everyone wants to be famous, everyone wants to make money, everyone wants to blow. I get it. As opposed to someone like you and I, for example, when I first started my YouTube, it wasn't to blow. It wasn't to be known. It was literally therapy for me. You know, like it was just like, okay, you know what? I have a lot of these thoughts in my head. You know, I, I'm I'm sick and tired of having them bottled up inside of me. So I yeah. just started recording and posting. Whoever sees it, great. Whoever doesn't see it, great. It wasn't it wasn't for fame or attention, but it, it is still content creation because you know you are creating content. It's just that the motive and incentive is different uh, compared mm-hmm. to a lot of what we see in the world. So I just want to you know not discredit people who are doing what they're doing, because it's still some value, maybe not necessarily valuable to you, you know what I'm saying, or to me, but it's still some type of content um, that is valuable. I have, to feeling, I have a feeling we'll come back to this point. I made, I made a <laughs> note to grab my finger in regards to um, um, some, of the, some of the topics you mentioned and how it's going to come back to exactly what we're talking about right now, but I'll let you continue. Okay. I really do want to hear um, a lot of those thoughts. Um, but why, why were you going through depression? If I may ask, around what age were you? That's a great question. Um, I think for me personally, I've always had um, a deep down inkling. What's the, what's the fuck? What's the name of that song? 
Yeah. Fuck, man. There's a name of a song. Constant. Um, God. Man, I can see the woman. I just can't put my finger on. But basically, that song kind of sums it up. I think there was a constant yearning for something more. Mm. Um, I think at the same time, I, I realized that I was... I don't know, man. I just think um, as, as a kid, I think adults tend to I'm not saying that my parents or the people around me did this but i think as adults we tend to minimize some of the thoughts and opinions that children have um, i think there's a lot we can learn from them if you just do it without a without judgment but i okay. think i just was just privy to the bullshit <laughs> um even just questioning things like santa claus like for me it didn't make sense because i lived in um, um uh, i lived in jane and finch in toronto um it's very it's very um there's a lot of negative stuff that happened in the 90s in that area but for me i was always wondering like how is santa claus going to get into the crib if the doors are locked like like it just did those kind of things didn't make sense to me it's like how does he know i just i was always questioning things right mm. and i was always i always had this sense of curiosity that i'm so grateful that i held on to well into adulthood um was it easy it wasn't because the world's constantly trying to figure out ways to um make things black and white so it's Yes. there's no room for you to be like, can I just, it's like, no, you can't look under there. This is it. That's it. That's done. And if you do look under there, you're going to go under here. You're going to go to this. You're going to go to hell, whatever that might be. Yeah. I just think I just held on to this innate um, curiosity about life that's kind of guided me through. But I think the depression for me was more so the fact that I was picking up on things subconsciously that I couldn't articulate consciously up until like the last year and a half. <laughs> Like that's when I could really start to pinpoint it. And I just think it's just been a lot of responding to external stimuli. And I think now having dealt with depression, cause I don't, I'm done with it. Mm -hmm. I've been able to look at it deal with it. I know what I'm dealing with. I think now it's more so that I'm able to um, create like a, a barrier around myself yeah. where I can just stop external stimuli and things that would zap my energy. It was before it was just a lot of things just like coming at me. Mm-hmm. So would you say it was the word that hindered you from exploring or was it the people who raised you, like your parents, this community that you, you grew up in? Oh, my parents, my teachers were were like, Interesting. like monumental in my growth. Um, I think it's the environment uh, overall outside of those, outside of my family, outside of school. What type of environment had, specifically? Um, an impoverished one. Um, oh, like see. a very, like, a um, it's like a working class area, right? Everybody's newly new immigrants settle there. Um, there's a working class. Um, it's a lot of ways for people to get in trouble. Mm. Um, there's not a lot of, um, <clears throat> opportunity. Well, there were a lot of opportunities if you, if you look for them, but I think there's a lot of opportunities for you to slip through the cracks. I see. Um, I, I, I've just, I, I guess I've always been lucky enough to have even the dudes that like, that lived in the building that were partaking in things that were of a lesser nature or more criminality stuff. They'd always be like, yo, like, you'll go to school, do this. Don't end up yeah. here. You, if I, if I see you doing this, I'm gonna mess you up. Like <laughs> that we always, and that's the thing. Like I, I, I respect my elders growing up because those guys, like, although they, some of them are even lost their lives, end up in jail, whatnot. There was a few of them that made sure that we, I, I, at least I didn't, or some of the other people didn't fall into those cracks because mm -hmm. there's repercussions for that. So I, the depression was, you know, one and more 
for yourself, but then there's that disparity between what you want and what your environment was was offering you. Is that, is that what it is? Yeah, but I I think I think life moved on me because I think um, if I didn't get expelled from my high school, I think I'd probably be a very different person because well, I've been fortunate enough. Expelled? I got kicked out because I got in trouble. I got sent to I was in a predominantly um, multicultural school end up going to another school that's predominantly white where you can count the black people on your hands. But I think having that contrast showed me and that experience at that predominantly white school showed me how to interact with other people from other, um, with like the, the, the general population, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It was very interesting to see how people would respond to my image and how people treated me because I felt like I had a bit more um, freedom to be myself in a particular way. Whereas the other school, I didn't really have that freedom because I'd be judged or, or you get like, you're white for doing this. You're all, all this, 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 this shit where it's like it's people trying to, trying to like kind of keep you in a box. And it's like, I understand like why. And I'm in this mode where I, um, it's the whole idea. And it's funny. I was thinking about this earlier today. Like I forgive them, forgive them for that. They, they do not know why they sin. Mm. Like they're in the same predicament that I was in. Right. Mm. If they, if they were plucked from that environment, put somewhere else, they would be living life the way they, they saw fit. Mm. Or they didn't have to feel like there was like this need to um, show how tough you are. And like, like there's no room for weakness or any of that other shit. Yeah, hurt people, hurt people. So you got in trouble in the black school, not the white school. I want to call it a black school. I call it multicultural. Like it's just okay, it's okay. one of the schools in the local area. What did you do? Pop somebody in the face? No, no, no. Just, just honest guy. I just think honestly, it was a um, what's the word I'm looking for? It was mistaken identity. Okay. I think just miss me and another person had a similar name. I did partake in what happened, but <laughs> I think um, I don't, I don't, um, I honestly think. That it was, and you know, honestly, you're gonna be the first person I share this with, like outside of like my close friends. But like, you know what happened? I'll never forget this. I remember time slowing down and saying, like, Chad, if you make this decision, there's no turning back. It was like I was ready, ready to to jump in to protect like one of my friends, and it went like slow motion. Like, Chad, if you if you move forward with this, mm. things are gonna change. You can either stop or you can stand back. But for me, it was like this. I'm not gonna watch my friend get assaulted or do anything even if they're in the wrong i'm not gonna allow somebody to hurt them so for me it was like of course i'm gonna go and go in and like try to defend or do what i need to do to make sure mm -hmm. that my friend doesn't get hurt i'll never forget that and my life changed dramatically after that i see so let me ask you this a lot of the things that you went through when you were younger you know with depression anxiety and things like that mental health problems do you think a lot of what made it worse is the fact that you're a black person like if you were not black do you think that um uh, the Western world has a lot more. This is just what I think. I feel like the Western world has uh, gives other cultures, specifically white people, more liberty to express, explore those types of curiosity as opposed to being a black person. A black person who is thinking outside the box within the black community, you're always being shunned, you know, talking, oh, you're talking all that mess, you know, you're trying to sound white. You think you're better than everyone <laughs> else. Maybe that's just me, you know, that, that that's some of the things that I've gotten living here in America. I did this whole self-discovery thing all through my 20s, like ever since I was like 16, it's always trying to learn about myself, fear and what that meant, all of it. And I realized that over the last like three, four and a half years when I've studied 
because 2020 was a very interesting year. And for me, it's something I've always known was potentially going to happen. I was always mentally preparing for it. Uh, but I think one thing that allowed me to do was take the time to figure out why is it the same shit that I experienced when I was a kid happening now and nothing's mm. changing. So that, happening, that's something happening I, now to you or just in general, just in general, just in general, just in general, like it's, it's the same shit. Like I, I remember seeing somebody, there's shootouts in my hallway growing up. I remember we'd be playing outside. We heard mm. gunshots. That's not a healthy environment for a child. I didn't know anything of it. Like you see it in the movies, but like the reality of it, like I wouldn't want my kids to experience that, that kind mm. of shit. Like no kid should have to experience that. Um, I think um, in terms of, how, if, if, I think being black had definitely played a role in, in the depression because I think what I was trying to figure out is why is it that I can't express myself like everybody else or why can't I express myself as freely? I always felt like there was constraints. And I'm not going to just pin that on white people or just black people. I'm going to pin that on the, the the image that people have of black people or just even me. Mm. I don't like I'm not putting everybody in the bucket, but I think for me, what I experienced collectively all through my from 15 to now, like for one, black people aren't the types to experience nature because that's for white people. That never made sense to me. Mm. Um, why is it that like? Um, <laughs> I, when people were actually think like when people were dealing with me, they weren't actually dealing with Chad. They're dealing with an image of Chad based on how I would dress or carry myself to a lot of people. I talk white. I sound white to people. Excuse my French. That's not my fucking problem. I can give a fuck. You know what I mean? Um, so it's like all these positive attributes that I have would be considered white. The things that would benefit me spiritually going into nature, um, like skydiving, I did that because I wanted to challenge that fear and get closer to that. And what that showed me was, damn, man, like I'm, I'm falling at a hundred, over a hundred something kilometers an hour, parachutes opened. I see my car and it's this big. And my car at the time was paying $490 a month just to drive it. I remember looking at my car falling back to earth. I'm like, man, I'm stressing over that. Like, I wish people can see the expansiveness of like mm. the beauty of this planet. So I'm like, mm. why am I? Or even going camping, like black people don't camp. Like, and that's the thing I realized that like the more I would express myself, the more I'd run into people that would be like, Why do you want to go camping? That's for white people. Aren't you afraid of this? Aren't you afraid of that? Or oh, you're a black bassist. Of course you're a black bassist. Black people always play bass guitar. It's always this it's always trying to put me in a box and it's yeah. always me pushing, pushing up. So that within that conflict, that's 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 where it gets that's where the the, the mental and emotional exhaustion comes into play because you're constantly pushing against something while you're trying to be yourself. Mm. That makes sense. And I'm guessing today what's different is that you just stop giving a shit. I, I, that's why my brand is called so indifferent because so indifferent, back, yeah. when I, when I started off, like, yeah. like after high school, I remember sitting in my, in my dining room table at home, my parents place. I'm like, I don't know what I want to do. I know I want to do something with art. I remember sketching in a sketchbook and I haven't sketched in the longest time because my high school, the new one, didn't really have an art program. They just had it because some parents complained. So I had to take it upon myself to find a way to express myself creatively. I remember looking for what, whatever I was going through. I remember looking at depression and all the synonyms for it. And I came across indifferent. And I was like, nonchalant, indifferent. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm so indifferent. That's what it is. That, that's what it is. And I'd be able to hold on to that. <laughs> And what I realized was I needed to hold on to that indifference of not caring, but caring enough about something in order to keep me keep me moving forward. Because if I care too much about one thing, there's always going to be another thing that's going to pull me. 
So I'm like so neutral down the middle that if you have a problem with me or you have a uh, something with what I'm saying, the first thing I'm going to tell you is go talk to your therapist. Go talk to your therapist because your emotions aren't my problem. I had to deal with this shit for like the lot, like my whole life blocking other people's expectations yeah. and all that. I'm telling yeah. you now, this is who I am authentically. I'm showing up as Chad. And if you have a problem with that, one, go talk to your therapist, then come back and talk to me because I'm not mm -hmm. handling anybody else's emotion because it's not my responsibility. You know, it's really interesting. I'm smiling here very hard because I feel like you and I, <laughs> we speak the same language, you know, of 100%. course, I'm not talking about language, literally, you know, there's a lot of the things that you've said today, of course, you know, our past conversations that, uh, before that I could definitely relate to. It's really interesting how I was born and raised in Nigeria, you in Canada, yet there's so much overlap on our childhood, you know, depression, mental health issues um not fitted in even growing up in nigeria there's a lot of me that i didn't really feel connected to nigeria and i know mm -hmm. this is something that maybe a lot of nigerians will actually confidently say but for me specifically there's a lot in nigeria that i just felt so disconnected from you know the way the people the general mentality for example i remember being like five six years old thinking to myself i love my family but I don't want to be like them when I when I grow older, because I saw how, for example, how extremely religious they were. They will pray, they will fast, they'll invite their guests, you know, they'll invite their friends over as guests. And then as soon as the guests will leave, they'll start gossiping about the same guests. I saw that and I just it made me very uncomfortable. Like, how can you know, and I'm a very I'm a very intentional type of person. How can you say that god is our creator all of it and god created every single one of us and we're supposed to love each other yet you're not really loving this person you claim to be your friend i was about four five six years old connecting that dot it's just there's something about my childhood that i felt like okay maybe i am the problem you know because i also i didn't see a lot of kids like me i didn't see a lot of adults that i could emulate there was no one that i could like you know what there's this person um, inspires me. I aspire to be like them. So that created a lot of depression. You know, of course, I was I was being judged harshly. Oh, Uche's got always got to be different. Oh, he's too much. You know, there's always something different about uh, too, him. being too much. Like being all those much, talking points. There's man, always like... something. And of course, you know, a lot of that, a lot of that, you know, brought me down because as a kid in Nigeria, you know, like who who would I, who can I run to? Who can I talk to? You know, what therapy sessions can I sign up for? You know, so I had to deal with that pain yeah. growing up. And well, even when I moved to America, I was still going through a lot of that. You know, my demons followed me down here. But as I, I've gotten older, I started being like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to just do me. Okay. But of course, it, it was not th this mentality did not happen overnight. You oh, know, no, of course, no several way. therapy <laughs> sessions, you know, so many, so many times I perpetuated my own problems. I went through, you know, maybe I should do less, you know, dimming myself down to fit in and all kinds of stuff. I even Did got that, to a point where I'm like, you know what? I don't even want to fit in. I don't even like y'all like that. You know, like no shade, no disrespect, but like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to show up for this. I don't, this is not me. You know what I mean? But I don't know what me is. So part of that was just walking away to go do my own thing. And this is part of why I started my podcast in 2019 to document my own thoughts, you know, and just travel more, be more free. And by doing that, I started seeing that, you know what, people are actually receptive to Uche, that Uche, that natural Uche. Inevitably, 
I, I bumped into people who were not receptive to me, but I've, I've come to realize that that is part of life. No matter what you do, no matter what you do, you will inevitably meet people who just don't care about whatever you know, it is that you represent. If you were, if you were, if you were doing you and everybody agreed with you, you're doing the wrong thing. You're doing it wrong. Exactly. You're doing it wrong. Also, if you're doing you and everyone doesn't agree with you, then you're also doing it wrong. You know, a fool is a friend, exactly. a fool is a friend to everyone and a, a friend to none. So, you know, I just started doing my own thing, you know, and by doing my own thing, I started tapping into my own individuality, you know, as a black, queer, African man, you know, then I started doing my own thing, you know, like incentivizing people like, okay, I can see what the issue is. I wish that a younger version of me knew this, right? But now because I'm much older, I have to pay the price, you know, in knowledge to know what I know now. So this is why I try to create content, hence why I'm a content crea creator, to give back to my community, you know, Black, African, and queer people, um, especially that young Uche who felt lost, who thought he was a weirdo, who thought he was a problem. Um, he didn't fit in, you know, all kinds of society ideations that went through my head, you know, like, it's okay. Now I know much better now. Those words, the things that people did to me, said to me back then, they, they can't hurt me anymore now. I have thick skin. And I've come to appreciate that journey of becoming. Uh, and I can see now how, you know, it, it makes sense that I was manifested into this reality to be able to, you know, like I can handle that cross so that someone else exactly. uh, could benefit from it. You know, so I, I really, I definitely relate to you um, a lot on, on uh, with a lot of the things that you've shared, but I'm very interested in knowing how your content creation and entrepreneurship as a black man has been perceived and received or lack of within the black community. And the reason why I say this is because a lot of black people, irrespective of what black you are, black in Africa, black in the Americas, we all know that, you know, there's something that needs to change. You know, we all got to do something better, but I've come to realize that that's all cap. A lot of people just talk about what ought to be done. But when it comes to actually taking the initiative to showcase that our black lives do matter, it's crickets. I feel like a lot of black people collectively, we're not doing what we ought to do to change our narratives. And having someone like you who is actually being intentional in doing something different, not just for yourself, but also giving back to the community. I'm curious to know how that has been perceived by the black people that you are um, helping change our narrative. Does that make sense? hundred um, percent. I will start off by saying this. Um, I am, I've always loved myself. I've always loved my skin. I've always loved um, the fact that I'm from a beautiful Island called St. Vincent. Um, I went down there in 2015 uh, and when I was 16 as well. Um, I went in 2016 by myself to touch the soil and to see where my parents came from and smell the air and bathe in the water and really soak that all in. Um, so I want to first start off by saying that. But I think the way that I think about things now, I've had my ear to the like the ground in terms of stuff going on in the Black community, like excessively like an unhealthy obsession with trying to take in everything and really understand like the psychology and why we are the way that we are um when i when i started off with my design stuff i never focused on specifically helping any group i was selfishly doing this as a way to express myself and learn about myself um 
if there was an opportunity for to play in a particular band, I would take it because I wanted to play and learn about myself. Uh, I knew the importance of that image in showing up in a space that's predominantly of one ethnicity and showing up as myself and killing it. That's how I combat that. Um, in terms of some of the entrepreneurial pursuits, one thing I've noticed, and I have friends that are entrepreneurs as well. Oh, sorry, let me turn on this echo cancellation thing. Um, one thing I noticed with friends as well is that whenever you're doing something as a black entrepreneur, people have a, 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 um, perceived a value to be a lot lower. Um, so, for example, we're all family and friends and um, everybody's got my back when it comes to working on something. And I was like, oh, you're, we're brothers now, man. You're going to hit me that discount? It's like, no. Like, what? what? Like, Is that people or black people? I think people in general. But I, I realize from a lot of people that I dealt with, a lot of people, and I have friends that attest to this too, right? Through their, their own experiences, mm. what I was able to um, sum up from their black males' experiences being entrepreneurs is that a lot of people go to them expecting a discount because they're black. Mm. So there's already a perceived... So because we share this game's skin color that you should be helping me out. But in reality, it doesn't work like that. Like you would go to the Gucci store, or you go to the Apple store and pay full price for their products. But if I'm yeah. trying to build my come up, you want a discount. So that was one thing I've noticed. And I didn't have to go around asking everybody for it. I'm, I'm very, I'm the type of person where I'll talk to 50 people and bring, come up with my own consensus on what the median or medium, um, like the the root of that issue is and that was one thing that i felt was very um very interesting but but i get i get the psychology i, I get the psychology because i spent time figuring that out because i think it's beyond just black americans africans i think it's a it's a overarching issue that just black people have to deal with so so black people constantly asking for discounts is that because they just want to use that as an opportunity to save money or is it because they think that whatever it is that you're offering is actually of lower value and quality save money but i, I won't i don't want to say all black people like i've had i've had some people that that saw the value in it um <laughs> but for the most part yeah a lot of people would use that as an opportunity to get a discount and for me that that to me was like a disrespect because i'm doing some something that i love i'm doing something i went to school for and you're not going to go to a lawyer actually my buddy is a paralegal and you get hit with discounts all the time but you're not going to go to like a dentist and ask for like you're going to get some teeth pulled out. i was like yo hit me with that like uh family and friends discount like it's just it's just it's it's stupid and another thing that i've experienced too in terms of like not even an entrepreneurship but like even like in serving or bartending like i've had some black people come in and just like not even tip me you know what i mean I don't take it personally. I, I, it is what it is at the end of the day. Because once you guys leave or once that experience is done, there's always going to be someone else. So I always have an abundant, abundant, uh, abundance uh, mindset. But that mm -hmm. was always something. I was like, why, why is this? Like, why is that? Like, you go out of your way to disrespect me. But like, it was always this thing I just never really understood. And I was like, is it me? Is it because I sound white? Or is it something that I'm doing or articulating myself? But as I've come to understand, it's just something that um, has been... I think it's just something that's that we pick up on and we mm. can go we could we could talk about the psychology we could go into it <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm down to talk about it actually because i want to figure this out I, i'm i'm wondering how much of that is a human thing though like you know of course as a 
black person, I, I don't know what it feels like to be non-black, you know, like for example, Asians, do they go through the same thing too? You know, like an Asian person who has a store, when other Asians come to their store, are, are they asking for discounts? You know, white people also, are their families and friends asking for discounts as well? I wonder how much of that is human and not just us, you know, consciously you see, or subconsciously overlooking our own people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's something that I held on for long as well. And thinking is just like, maybe it's just a cultural thing. But I think there are cultural things that we do that are negative. For example, if you're, if you're building, if you're trying to build a thriving community, I have to make sure I'm paying the dude at the local milk store full price, or whatever price that he's asking for, as long as he's not gout, like price gouging or trying to rip me off, mm -hmm. right? Because he's paying a certain, he has to make sure he makes his bottom line in order to keep the store running. Right. Um, I decided in general, especially as a graphic designer, I don't even consider myself a graphic designer anymore. Um, okay. I just decided to remove myself from that, um, pick up a part time job and do what I need to do to make sure I can allocate the funds to reinvest into myself. Um, I'm not down. I'm not down for um, selling myself short. Um, I've done that for so long. Uh, it's not something I'm willing to put myself through anymore. And there's, I think at the end of the day, if people don't see value in you, you need to create, you need to create that. And I think that's something that I've been trying to do. And I think now everything's come full circle and I can show up as myself having dealt with the main, the one problem that I set out to solve when I was younger. Unfortunately, we're our own worst enemies. You know, I've always believed that. I think it's also written in the Bible. I don't know how uh, spiritual you are, you know, or religious you are. Oh, I'm very I'll, spiritual. Uh, a prophet is not recognized in his own hometown. Um, I've, I've come no. to realize, <laughs> I've come to realize a lot of times people will not support you, your dream until it becomes cool to support you. And by when it come, becomes cool to support you, it's usually when the white man has noticed you and is giving you rewards and, you know, accolades and recognitions and things like that. Um, then all of a sudden people want to, you know, they want to creep into your life and, you know, Hey man, you know, I, we go way back. No, we don't. Yeah, <laughs> when I you know what it is, man. You were crickets. <laughs> Humans are very, very interesting creatures. Um, I, I, I act. I've, I've acted for a bit, and I remember just and modeled for a bit, and I just remember how people would treat me when I would mm. post stuff on Instagram or I did this project or did that. I hated it. I hated the way people treat because they weren't seeing me. They weren't seeing me. Well, how were they treating <laughs> you? They treat, they, I don't, they treat is it like a good like, treatment. Like, like, oh, well, you see, it depends what good is, right? It depends well, what your yeah, yeah. understanding of good is. Some people like that, that external validation of saying, Hey man, I saw you in there. You look fine. Me, that doesn't mean anything to me. It means anything to me. So for me, I, I never really liked the idea of people. Oh, I uh, see. I see. Like glo not glorifying or just, I don't like clout. I, I don't see. like clout. If there's nothing I can do to, to redirect that clout too. It's just energy, right? If I can't mm. redirect that clout into say, hey, so basically I'll show you this. So what I've been able to do is continue to document some of my achievements or some of the things that I set out to do. So now with the book and everything else I'm doing, I'm putting those, those stories into bite-sized forms into children's books to show people how you can formulate your mind to set out to do a goal and do it and accomplish it. And what I've done is essentially created these reference points, like save points 
So people can go back and be like, okay, yeah, Chad did that. I would have loved to stop there and continue to pursue that. But he went here. Like what, what made him go from there to here? Right. And I for see. me, it's like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't value, I don't value external validation. I think I've worked on myself enough to trust that my own internal validation system and value system um, works where, because on the other, the flip side is if I don't have that external validation, does that mean I'm not going to be able to create? Mm. Am I going to be stagnant? Yeah. I, I think I understand what you're saying. Um, your sense of being shouldn't come from without. It should always yeah. come from within. So it within. doesn't matter. I think you and I, we share we share a lot of um, similar philosophies. I consider myself a stoic, you know, basically. 100%. 100%. 100% pragmatist. You lean into what is, you know what I mean? Um, whether positive, negative, it doesn't matter. It is what it is. You recognize it for what it represents in this illusion of reality, right? But just because someone is giving you a compliment doesn't necessarily mean it's going to gas me up and going to, you know, motivate me to do more. Yeah. Uh, no. Likewise, just because somebody is uh, dissing me is not going to stop me from still maximizing my high, highest being. Because as long as you're intentional to maximize your highest being, and the highest being being that you are pumping creations, you know, contents, you're creating contents that are coming from your soul. It is what it is. But then there's also that part of pragmatism of, you know, we live in a world that is also vain, uh, superficial, and, um, people will naturally respond to that stimuli of sight or whatever it is that they see on social media. And that's part of a marketing strategy. You know, like you see someone like Beyonce, I'm sure Beyonce is not as vain as some of the things she may be posting on Instagram or for example. Right. Um, but at the same time too, we live in a sheep world. You know, you got to speak the language of a sheep. You got to give the people what they want to see. Um, and if that keeps them coming back, to patronize you because at the end of the day, you want to sell what it is that you want to sell, right? So you have to speak their language, give them what they want. I call this, you know, uh, pragmatism, but it, it's basically given unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar and unto oh, Christ yeah. what belongs to Christ. Yeah. You know what I mean? So speak the yeah. language of sheep as long as you don't get lost in the herd. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. like me, for example, sometimes I post some, um, pictures on Instagram, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> All within guidelines, you know, but you gotta, yeah. you know, also that's me being pragmatic and realistic in the sense that the, my target audience, they enjoy and appreciate those kind of things. And it's so unfortunate for me to even, it's okay. so unfortunate that it usually, you know, after some of those pictures, you see how my DMs will pop ever like, yeah. so how sad, how sad, you know, like <laughs> you see other things, you don't respond to it, you don't promote, you don't support nothing. But now you've seen what you think you can benefit from all of a sudden, you know, what makes you think that, you know, this approach is going to do anything for me, if, if that makes sense. But mm -hmm. I do know that from a from a marketing perspective, that will keep you coming back, you know, and even if you may not necessarily, even if everything that I am about, you may not necessarily be also about maybe one or two or three you may be about and that is marketing that is promotion um one step closer to a vision does that make sense a hundred percent there's no <laughs> judgment for what people want to post i'm all about self-expression like do yeah. do you um for myself per se like i don't want anybody <laughs> tell me what to do i have no my guidelines for how i live my life and the things i want to post and do whatnot um, there's a lot of things that I don't see value in. And if it goes with my value system, I'll do it. If it doesn't, I, I don't. But I'm not going to tell somebody they shouldn't do X, Y, and Z. For me, certain yeah. things for me, I need to make sure that I, they, they first align with my value system before I can go through with doing it. Yeah. Because if I don't listen to that value system, I go against it. 
I deal with the internal and emotional repercussions of that. And I've dealt with mm -hmm. that before. So, yes. Yeah. It, it, I think we're, we're saying the same thing too, you know, just more so I'm saying that, you know, even though that whatever people's reactions you may be getting may not necessarily, you shouldn't let that affect your, your pr productivity. Right. Oh, but no. at the same time too, uh, I, I do try to appreciate it because at the end of the day, I always say I appreciate a compliment over a diss, even though neither one of those yeah. I hold I hold to yeah. my heart. You know, it is what it is. Like, you probably give me a compliment today and I forget that you ever give me a compliment tomorrow, you know, and some people find that offensive that, oh, you don't remember? We had a conversation yesterday and I give you this compliment. I don't remember because, you know, it's not a big deal to me. I appreciate it. Don't get me wrong. But I wasn't doing it for that validation sake, per se. So at the same time, too, if your compliment tomorrow turns to a diss, still the same treatment treatment you know exactly I and I, th it. I think that's one of the things that i spent i spent my 20s really um just just like asking questions and i have anthony DeMello to thank for that i remember just watching one of his lectures and just turned my world upside down but that was like one of them is like all right like in terms of compliments because i've always been bad with compliments people sell me something and be like oh your shirt's nice i'm like i know it is do I just say that just to mess with them? I'm just, I, know, I like messing it. with people, right? Um, but I noticed that that will really piss people off. And it's like, if I'm giving somebody a compliment, I remember I read a comment somewhere. It's like, just do the good and walk away. Like, just, just do the good and walk away. Like, I if like you see that. a nail in the road, if you see a nail in the road or like <laughs> something on a, like a stick on a sidewalk or whatever, or on a bike path, and you kick the, the, the stick out of the way, you're not that person that would have tripped or fallen on it isn't going to come out and thank you. Just do the good and keep it, go keep it moving. You know what I mean? I like that. Almost I said it and forget it. I like that. I think this is an, an alignment with an episode that I, I'm trying to do. Oh, I'm actually working on it right now. Basically detach, you know, and I, I'm going to, oh, I'm going to yes. explain what yeah. detachment is. Detachment doesn't necessarily mean to cut people off, you know, like just, a lot of this is in is in reflection of my philosophy on this world. I think this world is an illusion. I think this is a, it's not real. It's a dream, you know. Like the only thing that is real is my consciousness, you know, which is also your consciousness. You're not real. I'm not real. But we have one consciousness, which is a dreamer's consciousness. So this is not real, right? However, there's some type of um, we still have to play by the rule book. I call it the rule book. You know, you have to be human and that's okay. And part of being human is that things will get sucky. And that's okay. Sometimes things will get happy and that's also okay. Either way, you shouldn't hold on so much to what's in this world because it is what it is. Your duty at all times is to be as intentional as possible to do the best that you can, no matter what. And there's so many distractions out there, you know, I've gone oh through God. that. <laughs> and I feel like because of you and I, you know, our, the history, uh, yeah, the history, the childhood that we have, I feel like our childhood, all of that depression, you know, all of that prepared us to have the mindset that we have right now. Oh, 100%. Um, you know what I mean? 100%. Um, if not, we would be very, we would be very susceptible to a lot of those distractions, you know. Um, and when you see people now, I don't want to speak for you, but for me, for example, when I see a lot of people who are susceptible to a lot of those distractions, in the past, I would judge you, you know. But now I feel more compassionate, hence why I do yeah, what yeah. I do. You know what I mean? I've had to pay the price through depression, pain, loss, you know, all kinds of mess, you know. And thank God that, you know, they say what, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I'm not dead. So hopefully I'm mm -hmm. stronger. So now it's giving back to my community. And even at that too, living in this world where everything is validation and, and, and um, um, validation and so vain, right? There's always, 
there's also that that distraction of am I doing it right? Am I giving back right? Am I getting recognized enough right? And I have to reckon I have to remind myself like it's not about the recognition. It's about being as intentional as possible to do the best that you can as long as it's natural. And for me, mm -hmm. what's natural is doing what I'm doing right now. So if I do it and pump it out there, it doesn't get that much views compared to someone who's talking about Cardi B's ass or whatever it is. It is what it is. I did the best that I can at that moment, as opposed to now I know that I can trend if I wanted to. I know exactly what to talk about. You know, I'm not dumb. I can just talk about some of these silly celebrities and I'll, I'll trend. But at that moment, doing that, is that in alignment with the best that I ought to be doing? If the answer is no, then I would call that a sin against my own self. Of course, I define yeah. sin differently, but I think I think you, you understand that. 100%, so yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that model of detachment. It is what it is. Do the best you can and leave this shit and walk away anyway. It is what it is. Whether you recognize it, or you don't recognize it. All I know is that I'm a traveler. I'm a guest. I'm doing my job. What God put me in this world to do. And at the end of the day, I'll walk away and go home. That's my attitude anyway. And I think I'm and getting it, that from you. A hundred percent. And I, and I think another, uh, well, something that helped me kind of, um, have a different way of thinking about and approaching it is the whole idea of draining of emotion. Cause I think humans are just so, they're so interesting. Like it's so, I can go up to someone and be like, Oh my God, that's an amazing shirt. You look great in that shirt. And they'll be like, Oh, thank you. Like, be like, Oh, but your hair is kind of, Oh wait, what is, is something wrong with my, it's just, it's so easy to just like play <laughs> with people. I don't mean that in like a malicious sense, but I'm just like, if it it's so be. easy to do that. And we're going to go back be. to that in a bit. Thank it can, yes. but we're going to go back to that in a bit. Yes. Hold that thought because I have a whole bunch of stuff to say to that. But it, And I think that's the thing that, that fascinates me because it's like, wait a minute, hold up. If they're susceptible to that, then I'm susceptible to that. Well, I got to make sure these blind spots are like, so one thing I've done, and this is what I'm saying, like, I was saying this to, um, I think my therapist or a therapist this morning, um, that some, some way, shape or form, there's some sort of intelligence within me that is completely aware to all of this shit, completely aware it's there, but he can't tell me everything, but it drops little hints. And I think with coming up with the name, so indifferent for the brand was like, Chad, hold that. I'm gone. <laughs> You'll figure it out. The master will reappear when you're ready kind of thing, or the student will appear when the, the master will appear when the student is ready. And I think with that, so indifference is realizing that just because somebody says something bad doesn't mean I have to react emotionally. <laughs> I think your emotions are the biggest currency you have as an individual. And when you don't have, when you're not in the driver's seat, that's when people can poke and prod and have you jump and pull a string to have you react a certain way. And that's why I've always been interested in advertising. Ever since I was a kid, that's the reason I got into graphic design. My teacher put a magazine cover on an overhead projector and was like, look at this cover, da, 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 da. Ten, five minutes goes by. He's like, did your eyes go from here to here to here to here? I'm like, yeah, my eyes did that. He's like, they designed it like that. I'm like, no, 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 hold up. <laughs> hold up. What do you mean they designed it like that? They use this. They use this thing. To... And I was like, I don't like this, but I'm, I'm, I'm interested in it. And that led me to discovering graphic design and going to school for advertising. And I remember sitting in a class in one of my advertising uh, uh, programs on a video on consumerism and just talking about it. And I remember the scene where they had like Gucci glasses or in the factory, the Gucci, Gucci glass glasses, Dior and some other expensive uh, brand. You know, the only thing that separated the brands were this little plastic, little container, little drawer thing that they put them in. You take the logo, the symbol 
off the brand and it's nothing. And I think back to what you said with the illusions, I think a, a lot of shit is illusionary because we're not actually seeing it for what it is or seeing the symbolism. Mm. And I think symbolism, if you understand that and the depth <laughs> of that, that's when you're really playing with um, mm. um, fire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm not saying anything that you have, you don't already know. Cause I feel like we're speaking the same. I'm language always learning. I'm always learning. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Of course. At the end of the day, we're humans and, and humans are limited in knowledge, you know? So uh, there's always room for improvement, but going back to the whole malicious thing, um, <laughs> shout out to you for the indifferent mentality. You know, that's something that I've had to go through so much therapy to be able to land on being in I call it being unbothered. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. And it's gotten me in trouble um, a lot over the years. Now I've just, I just stopped giving a shit. It is what it is. Right. It's always, Oh, you're not present enough. You don't care enough. You don't show up enough and things like that. But this is what I say. Now you should be glad. That's actually what I do because before my becoming, before my, you know, therapy and all of that, there was a time when I thought it was all about me, right? Mm -hmm. And I was aware that I have this intellect or at least this ability to see, I call it the pattern, pattern in so much yes. stuff that a lot of people don't necessarily see. Maybe they may see it to a certain extent, but on a surface level, I have the ability to see it much deeper. And what I, and that's a gift. And the thing, the thing about gifts, like I say, is they come in packages, right? Yeah. You, a gift come in package of what you ought to do with your gift, what you could do with your gift and what you ought not to do with your gift. I see a lot of the things that I ought not to do with my gift. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And by me being indifferent, unbothered and being over here, this is me saving us problems. Yeah. Because there's so much food around. <laughs> How do I explain this? You know, it's sort of like uh, giving crack to a recovered crack addict. You know, <laughs> there's so much. Well, you see how people are easily manipulated, like easily manipulated, you know, like how easily people are easily influenced. Like, you know exactly what to say to them. You know exactly what they're susceptible to because you tap into that pattern and you see their naivety, their oh, ignorance, man. and you know exactly what to do with it. You know, so it's like being indifferent, being unbothered. This is me being as intentional as possible to not perpetuate the problems that has led us to this mess anyway. And this is one of the things I, I, I appreciate about knowing Kevin Samuels, right? Oh, Kevin. I, I was never really a fan, really. You know, I've seen viral clips of him here and there. Um, but after he died, he blew up. I think we talked about it in our meeting as well. Um, I appreciate knowing Kevin Samuels because watching Kevin Samuels is a reminder of what I ought not to do. Mm. I can see how Uche could become a Kevin Samuels and even worse because Kevin Samuels has the, the gift of intellect. He knows exactly what to say, what to do. He knows it. But, you know, when you watch how he first started, um, he was very humble, very like his uh, first couple videos, like yeah, way, way, started, okay, very humble, really relatable type of person. But he wasn't getting clicks and views like that. It wasn't until he started giving the word what they wanted to hear and what they wanted to see. I call it speaking the language of a sheep. But unfortunately, I feel like he got lost in the herd. But then that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> I, I have to give you a bit of pushback on that. Just a little okay. bit of pushback. You know what? It, it's funny because I see myself 
in 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 Kevin Samuels. And I think yes, I think it's we interesting to see the beginning stages where he's okay, he's he's himself. And I think what ends up happening is you get to a point where you're frustrated and you're just you're angry, and then you you just you're angry that you want you want people to do better, but they're just not listening. I you know what's funny? I just recently came to the conclusion that I'm better off doing exactly what I was doing prior to me taking in all of this knowledge on the community and all the research that I've been doing. Because if I look back at what I was doing, the value system was there. I was doing things, putting myself in spaces where there, there weren't a lot of people that looked like me. Or if I wanted to play in a metal band, I play in a metal band. Like I didn't let people stop me from doing the things that I wanted to do. I found myself getting more frustrated and angry and wanting to fix the find a solution to the problem because there aren't people that want to do anything to get better at it. There aren't people wanting to focus on the positive. There are people are just kind of um, stewing in this um, like this cesspool. It's like you guys know you can climb out of it. And like there's a quote. It's like um, there's this person. Um, um, it's like in a cesspool of stuff, and he's like. This guy's there. He's like, can you help me? Do you want me to help you get out? He's like, no, no, no. I just want you to help me make sure they don't make waves. <laughs> like he's completely content being in there. A lot of people don't want to get out. A lot of people don't want to get out. And I think the one thing um, in terms of uh, back to the manipulation and taking advantage of the emotions, I think Black people, Americans specifically, I think everybody knows that they, that how easily how emotional that they they are to a point where everybody takes advantage of it but us everybody everybody profits off the pain the good the entertainment the bad the skills the talent even the negative stuff like if it was if i if i if that was like the equivalent of what a cow would be not one piece of meat even the fat would go to waste like everything's being used and i think if anything 2020 showed me how easy it is to sway the group collective using emotions. I think that's the most dangerous thing. I think for me to do mm -hmm. the work that I, I'm doing, I need to continue to be indifferent because there's people out there trying to use my emotions against me. And, and you're talking about how a lot of people don't want to get out. So if they don't want to get out, so it means that they don't see a problem. And if they don't see a problem, who are we to try to intervene? Exactly. Why, why am I going to get my emotion and mental state messed up to try to yeah. get people out of a problem? Like the, the analogy, the picture I've been thinking but, about. But you create the solution. It seems like you create the solution if you want to get out. If and when yeah. you want to get out, the solution is there. But I'm not going to be there telling you, no. oh, you got to get I'm out. Not, I'm I not going to try to put out a fire. I see. Walking back and forth with buckets of water for someone to just walk by and throw a napkin in there. I'm not doing I that. See. That's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. And that's where frustration much... comes in. This is a much deeper problem because I feel like there's a reason why a lot of people don't want to get out. In Nigeria, we call it suffering and smiling. I feel like there's something sinister in the atmosphere. You know, I don't want to get into a conspiracy theory here, <laughs> but like the system itself has given people this illusion of comfort. Like, eh, it's okay for you to suffer and oh, smile. Oh, 100%. This and this and 100%. This and so how can we overcome that though? You know, like how, how, what can we do? Not just as content creators, but as people like you and I, right? Who see the pattern. How can, what can we do to shake that system up? If that makes sense. I'll give you, I'll give you the, my approach to it. So first of all, if you look at things objectively, While keeping our freedom, by the way, that's important. Thank, thank you. While keeping our freedom. The one thing I do is, um, 
the way I, th okay, first objectively looking at it for the amount of positive imagery that I and me and you would have to do to combat what's the negative imagery that's out there, you're wasting your time. Like to go, to go toe to toe with that for every five books that I make, there are 150 rap videos that are just, that are being seen and viewed more than the book. You know what I mean? There's no point going up to it toe to toe. So the way I think about it is I go back to my value system. This is why the black culture overall isn't my culture. Like in terms of how people like whatever that is outside, that's not my culture. The way I think about it is if I were to take a, a cotton swab and wipe that and put that on a Petri dish and watch that culture, like um, put that culture on uh, a Petri dish and let it sit, would that culture multiply and thrive or would it die off? I think the way it is now, it definitely be a lot of like, there, it wouldn't be conducive of a constructive environment as things are right now, because there's people that are putting, putting out the fire and people adding shit to it. So the yeah. way I look at it is, especially with my books, um, I'm not looking to see any sort of um, benefit or how it's going to help anybody. I'm ready to not see anything for like 10, 15, 20 years. When I'm like 80 something and someone's like, a teacher and they're like, Hey man, like my mom got me this book when I was eight. That's, that's my mindset. I'm ready to see that down there. Now I'm not, I'm not interested in seeing it. Yeah. I take the small win. So if, I, if a kid draws something and his mom sends me a picture, that to me is like a win. Yeah. I've changed my mindset from looking at things from a quick gratification, short-term gratification for a long-term gratification. Yeah. Because everybody else around us is looking at things from a long-term gratification. Yes. The reason that's why things are the way they are right now is because 150 years ago, 400 years ago, somebody said, my kids are going to do this and have this. Well, these people aren't. So I think the value system as it is right now needs to be torn down <laughs> and, yeah. and built back up in a way that actually helps us survive yeah. in a world and in a system that's benefiting off of our pain and sorrow and misery. There another thing I'd point yeah, out to you in terms of keeping it alive. YouTube is a perfect example. Yeah. You can continue to make content on these trendy topics of passport bros or black women, this black men, this and all this shit. But all you're doing is feeding the algorithm. Mm. So if I fast forward 30 years from now, I'm like, what happened in 2023? And I see these videos of black people going back and forth with each other. That shit's going to be the, the, that's going to be the talking point of the past, like now, like, <laughs> so I'm setting myself up to live in, to, for a future where I can help people at least. I think about it as just holding like a lantern in the middle of the forest. There's going to be people wandering. I'm like, hey, look, there's a pencil. Here's a sketchbook. You're going to do this. Just go on your way. Like, at least you have that. I've turned yeah. my mind off to the short term gratification stuff because yeah. it isn't. It isn't. Yeah. Um, it isn't beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely can relate. I feel like the whole unbothered and different mentality is something that I've, you know, or detached is something I started doing, you know, for my mental health. Cause if you hold on too much, you know, like it triggers all kinds of demonic things in my head. So I just let it be. And then another reason too, why I, I, I am somewhat unbothered on a lot of things. I, I come off as apathetic to a lot of things, you know, happening in the world, you know, whether it's, um, there's certain topics that, you know, like 
considering what I talk about, I've had people reach out to me. Oh, Uche, you need to talk about this. You need to talk about that. I'm like, yeah, I don't need to. You know, like I'm not gonna talk about this again because I've already talked about it. I seem unbothered. I'm like, I just roll my eyes and move on. It's not because I'm insensitive to some of those issues. It's more so because I feel like I've tapped into again that pattern. I feel like whether I do anything or not, the world will follow a particular pattern. Thank you. Whether I do yes. anything or not, my job is to do uche. What comes natural, right? It doesn't matter who's getting shot somewhere, mass shooting, whatever. What's happening in Uganda? What's happening? In God knows what. What will be will be inevitably. And I think time will come when the pain of the world we keep perpetuating. I feel like time will come when that pain would get so, 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 so strong because it's so high and it'll come crashing. I think this is basically what the prophecies are saying when they talk about the end of the world. I think Jesus also mentioned that as well. You know, I think in Matthew, the end of the world, how things are going to be very horrible and things like that. And I think it's because there, there will be a threshold where that pain just is so much that it just comes crashing. And I think that extreme pain would trigger something, not just individually, but the world as a whole. And I think this place will look very different because eventually and inevitably, I think people are going to start seeing that these systems, these illusory systems are not working. It's just exactly that. Mm -hmm. It's either you evolve to what is or you stay in your pain and die, basically. So mm -hmm. just I feel like just knowing that, and also, you know, my, my philosophy on this is not my world. I would inevitably die. So nothing really, really matters. You know what yeah. I mean? So I'm not going to hold on to it as long as my soul doesn't get stuck in this place because this place is ghetto as hell. So I'm going to just do <laughs> the best. I'm just being honest. I'm going to just do the no, best I, I can and just walk away. What will be will be with or without Uche. And I will be judged mm -hmm. by God or the universe based on how much of Uche, Uche was able to Uche while Uche mm -hmm. had the opportunity to Uche. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. You mentioned the pattern. Like you, you did like a circular thing with your hand. I think that in itself, like the pattern, if you understand it, you understand that patterns repeat and there's a psych, like a cyclical nature to it. There's always things that repeat. The one thing that I love, um, I love um, anything and everything about Egypt. I love like Egyptian history and all that stuff and the symbolism. The scarab mm -hmm. beetle is a very fascinating insect because, um, and the Egyptians um, revered it. So if you think about a scarab beetle or a dung beetle, for example, a dung beetle, a dung beetle, a dung beetle uses the animal's waste to reproduce, like to, to plant this bait and all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that in itself shows you the cyclical nature, the essence of nature in itself that nothing ever goes to waste ever, right? Um, in terms of the, this being stuck in this, this suffering or whatnot, I think it's as easy as dropping it. And that's all you have to do. I used to get upset when I would be studying some of my stoic philosophies or my spirituality texts and whatnot. And I meditate on these things. And it's just like, just drop it. Just get rid of it. And it's so easy to say, but in actuality, it's so difficult. Like, if, mm -hmm. for example, if Black people collectively decided that, you know what, I'm not going to support Spotify for having music on there that talks about um, degrading things amongst black people, and I'm going to drop mm -hmm. it. The world will change tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It's just getting everybody on the same page. If you're tired of the, the violence happening in your neighborhood, get rid of your Spotify. Just get rid of the platform that, that perpetrates some of these that perpetrates some of the shit that you don't like. Mm -hmm. I've done it. If I'm tired yeah. of a particular thing, I drop oh. it. But we're not a monolith, so that's definitely not happening. I, 
<laughs> so we just so that's another thing. So how do you get everybody on the same page? Because it goes back to like, well, it's just entertainment. Like I listen to it, it makes me feel good. So does crack cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> like if I'm tired, I could just do a bump of coke and I'll be great, right? Mm-hmm. But at the expense of your health. This music, yes, it's entertainment to you, but when I look outside <laughs> and look at the news that's happening in Chicago or whatnot, that shit doesn't look like entertainment. Let me ask you this. Do you do you have a deep sense of uh, duty? Do you feel a deep sense of duty? And the reason why I ask this is because sometimes, well, not now anymore, but in the past, I, I used to just, sometimes I used to wish I didn't know what I know. Sometimes oh, yeah. I used to wish, you know, like I just wish I was as naive and oblivious as <sighs> everyone else, you know, just like, you know what, ignorance is bliss. And, you know, and knowing what I know before I've come to this unbothered and detached uh, mentality would always be a problem, you know, it would always be a problem, like hypersensitivity, notice everything. And like, I just spread my energy so thin until I came to realize to whom much is given, much is expected. Mm-hmm. So you got to do something mm-hmm. with it. Do you ever, do you feel that sense of duty? And have you ever in the past wished you didn't know what you knew? And you I've were just like, everyone else? <laughs> I've had this conversation with myself multiple times. One thing that I like to do yearly is go camping, solo camping, just be in yeah. nature by myself. Yeah. Um, no phone, nothing. And I think about those types of things. And it's like, man, sometimes if I didn't know what I knew now, like, I, first of all, even being in nature and camping, if I didn't know what I knew now, I don't think I'd even be camping. Because mm-hmm. then I wouldn't know the benefit of being in nature and knowing that being in nature is being closer to God and yeah. connected to something that's greater than me. So it's like, Clearly, I, I, I personally feel like I was put here to do something. Mm. I'm not saying that I'm here to save everybody. I never think about it like that. I'm here to to do this thing, yeah. set it, plant this seed, and leave. <laughs> but <laughs> because but do you go, go ahead. But do you know what you know, though? And how do you know you know what you know? How do you know I, that what you know is better than what they think they know? <laughs> do you ever also think about be, these things? <laughs> because... Because I, I have a, a, a deep connection with something inside of me that goes beyond words. I can't even articulate it to you. And you know what the funny thing is? I'm seeing it manifest in my children's book where I'm, I actually went through it the other day. I'm like 99% done. It's going to be out in a couple of weeks. I was going through it the other day. I'm like, holy shit. Like, dude, like, I don't even remember doing that. And this book is really special to me. There's a bit of self-sabotage because I didn't want to put it out because there's so much, there's so much, there's so many nuances and little tiny things I put in to help bring that awareness to people. And I think looking at that and the moments that I had, like drawing some of the pages and crying, even just putting some of the stuff together, it's just like, dude, like I'm being used as an instrument by something greater than me. Mm. where I can just be on the phone. I saw one of my best friends actually two days ago and I showed him the book or whatnot. I was like, dude, I want to show you this page that I drew. In 2020, we were on the phone for like an hour and a half and I drew this page when I was on the phone with you. You know, like when you're driving a car? Yeah. You're, you're conscious, but you're unconscious at the same time. Yeah. You'll know You'll know if your window's open just a slight bit, even though you're doing yeah. 120. Yeah. There's that trust. I know, I know, <laughs> um, I know that dude behind me is getting ready to turn and then he turns. There's that, that knowingness. That's the knowingness that I have within myself. It's a knowing. It's not a, I think it's not a, I I think maybe no, no, it's, I know. (laughs) And when it comes to anybody else saying, Chad, I think, no, I'm not, I'm not interested in that. I got to set that wall up. 
I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm just messing with you. Years to a, get to this point. I'm just messing with you, you know, as a philosopher. This way, we just have fun. No, 100. percent I love talking because the, the one thing I realize is, and how do you know they they don't feel the way the, the same thing that you feel, you know? But it just you, me just. <laughs> I actually answer that. You know why? How, how I know it's not ego. I don't care if what I do helps you or not. Okay. I'm not doing it for that. Yeah. If it helps you, that's yeah. great. If it doesn't, that's also great. But I'm doing something because it feels good to me. And if it yeah. happens to help you, great. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But in the same time, looking outside with all the shit that's going on, this is my offering. This is my offering. And every time I do creative work that reflects um, my higher self, uh -huh. I feel like I'm doing God a service by shining that light on that. That's yeah. my way of giving an offering to God. If that makes sense. Yes. Yes. I understand. I, I, I have I have deeper opinions as to what you're doing, what I'm doing, you know, people like us, but that that's a whole nother conversation. Um <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation. It's, it will get much, much deeper and much more spiritual. Um I'm I interested. Just give me give me a snippet of that. I'm interested to hear. Well, I believe in the spirit of androgyny. I actually, actually um, just posted an episode about that recently. Spirit of androgyny, which is a manifestation of the masculine and feminine energy. I do believe that God and God's own nature is androgynous, you know, masculine mm -hmm. and feminine energy. And I do believe that the closer you are to that midpoint of androgyny, the more of a gatekeeper you are. You know, people who exude that androgynous spirit have the ability to tap into something much deeper. Um, and I think androgyny manifests itself in so many different ways. And one of the ways it manifests itself is in queerness. Now, not all queer people, um, not all androgynous people are queer. So, for example, androgyny without queer or sexual orientation could be a heterosexual man who has who is high on feminine energy. And this feminine energy will be intellect, right? So the fact that this mm -hmm. man is a physical manifestation of the masculine yet high on feminine energy, the energy of intellect and thinking that automatically boosts that person up to that with that spirit of androgyny. Likewise, a woman who exudes a lot of masculine energy, um, the fact that she manifests physically as feminine yet exudes a lot of masculine energy boosts her up to a higher calibration of androgyny. And I do believe that these people who have higher calibration of androgyny, whether whether it's queer people or just heterosexual people who exude a lot of the opposite of um, their physical manifestation. I do believe that these people have been handpicked by the universe um, to, to put those people in this world to be able to tap into something much deeper than time. You know, sort of like we're, we're in a way, you know, it's, this sounds so narcissistic saying it, but in a way we're sort of like the police people, the police, you know, to help with the people who are challenged to so to speak yeah. oh no i hear you saying i hear you saying you know you know what i mean like i don't i don't I get it, yeah. it seem like it's a, a narcissistic but it, the reason why i say this is you know and also earlier i talked about how it is important that in as much as i know i feel like I, i've tapped into this pattern i have to play by the rule book the reason why i say that is because there's something else that operates here as well that seeks to rob you of that and i see a lot of people who have that same gift who have been robbed of that as well, if that makes sense. There's so much distraction. I call it the ego. The ego is very intelligent and it knows what you're susceptible to. 
he knows that what Chad is susceptible to may not necessarily be what, what Chad's neighbor is susceptible to. So it will amplify your own temptation and distraction in a different way that you're more likely to be susceptible to. So I feel like 100%. knowing that, knowing <laughs> that has definitely triggered me to become very detached. Like, this is why I say I take a pill. I've, I've had a couple of episodes where I say I take a pill every day, like, you know, because I feel like I have a chronic condition every day. This pill that I take is uh, meditation and intentionality to detach, relinquish everything and, re and, 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 and uh, surrender everything because that thing is watching me. If it keeps trying to feed me what it knows that Uche will be susceptible to. And the reason why I say that is because I have watched a lot of these gatekeepers go the dark side, if that makes sense, you know, mm -hmm. um, like, for example, talking about Kevin Samuels, for example. Or some of these pastors, you know, like some of these mega pastors. I'm not, oh, not going to yeah, call yeah, yeah. whose names it is. Whether you like them or not, these people have some type of gift, for sure, for sure. Now, again, going back to that whole gifts come in packages, what you ought to do, what you could do, and what you ought not to do. I feel like a lot of those people, because that thing has gotten to them, they have used that gift to do what they mm -hmm. ought not to do. That makes sense. So, Yes, I have tapped into that pattern, but it's also very important that I tap into that pattern and maintain Uche 100%. And this is one thing I think, I don't consider myself Christian, but this is one thing I, I, I feel like is extremely monumental about the life of Jesus. I think Jesus tapped into that pattern at a really, 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 really young age, younger than everyone else um, or most people anyway. And Jesus understood what he ought not to do. And there was something else that was always there trying to deviate him from that, you know, mm. because he has a lot of that gift that he could use for literally anything. So the man knew that he understood. I believe he understood at a really young age that he was going to have a really horrible life because he tapped into that pattern. But it's important he doesn't change it. He also understood that he has been gifted with what I call a buffer to be able to overcome whatever it is that is coming. So you are a poor man, remain poor. You are not very attractive, remain unattractive. You must not change anything because you've been perfectly calibrated. You know, this is one of the mm -hmm. reasons why I am 100% open about my sexuality and incentivize people. You know, if you're queer, whatever it is that you are, embody that 100%. There's no mistake here. This thing around here is going to try to tell you otherwise because it knows that, you know, you have a gift to bring to this world and the more you start misaligning yourself, the more you're giving into that thing and tapping into that, that, you know, that which you ought not to do within that gift package. I don't know if I'm making any sense. <laughs> no, you are, you are. I'm so, so I say all that to say this with love, 100%, you know, of, of course, I feel like I'm not saying anything that you haven't thought about, you know, it is important. This is why I take my pill every day, right? I have yeah. to be as intentional as possible to fight this thing every day because i'm telling you going back to the whole crack and crack addict thing trust me i had my narcissistic moments i went through times when i thought like you know what i'm smart very smart these people are dumb as hell i could get away with whatever it is i want i could do i know exactly what to say to you like this is so easy oh, the, 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 oh, the, the, the um the scariest thing about manipulating someone is if you're so good at it that the person you're manipulating has no clue that they're being manipulated. And I knew exactly how to do it because this shit was way too easy for me. But again, 
thanks to a lot of the works that I've come to do, right? After after so much therapy, I've had a couple of experiences of, you know, triggering and catalytic moments that had, you know, shaken me so much. Like, Uche, you ought to, you know, start taking this pill. So I've been taking a pill every single day because I know this thing wants me so fucking bad. Excuse my language. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's just sort of like a reminder when I see people like you and I, the gatekeepers like you and I, it's a reminder. You have to be as intentional as possible because what you're fighting is not flesh and blood, but powers and principalities and higher places. I feel like I'm mm-hmm. preaching. <laughs> no, no, no. You're absolutely right. That's you're, 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 <laughs> no, because that's, that's, that's the way I think about, that's why I don't get upset anymore. That's yeah. why I realized, like, whoa, Chad, like, you're getting so, Detached. like, involved. Like, you're getting mad. It's affecting my, like, home life. Or I'm, like, I'm walking around carrying this anger and this frustration and resentment. And I'm, like, it's like I'm someone, I just want to shake somebody, like, snap out of it. But it's, like, dude, like, you're not Detached. dealing with like a physicality. You're dealing with like an ignorance that you can't see. Mm-hmm. Continue to be the guy that you were prior to and let that be. Your Detached. curiosity and the value system will continue to carry you where you need to be. There are going to be people that will meet you. It's funny because like I've gone into jobs telling myself I want nothing to do with anybody. I don't want any friends. I'm here for a paycheck and that's it. And lo and behold, I'm leaving on my last day and I have three, four people that I'm like, I'm going to that tell me like, child, like, I'm going to miss you. You didn't, I'm like, God, I don't want any of these people. <laughs> like, I don't want anything from them. I just want to clock in and go home. Like, why are you gravitating either, towards right? me? And it's, it's not disrespect, you know, but they would misunderstand it as, oh, he's being antisocial. He doesn't like us. Yeah. He better oh, I've been called every name in the book, but then I find myself at work. I'm chilling, waiting for the bus or something. Yeah, man, dude, like I'm going through this thing, man. And like the weather is this. And then it's like, nah, man, this happened and that. And I'm just like, why does this keep happening to me? You're, you're a gatekeeper, brother. I'm telling you, you're why? a gatekeeper. You're a gatekeeper. People keep telling me shit. And then it's like with the manipulation thing, right? It's like, whoa, like. You're like food. I can't believe there's people out there that would like use this and then. It's just it's it, it showed me the response, the overarching responsibility of the power with the creativity, the understanding of symbolism and imagery and how important those are. When if I'm going to if I'm got a role in something and I'm portraying like a negative black image, I have to hold that and realize that not every acting role is a good acting role. Mm-hmm. I have to know that you know what I got to say no to that. I got to know when to say no. Yeah. Like, is the role, is me taking the role and the potential success worth the negative that my image is going to cause on people that are seeing it? Yeah. So it's like, there's so many things. And I think a lot of time when people kind of turn the other cheek to a lot of this stuff and fixing or cleaning up the community is that the responsibility is a hefty one. Mm-hmm. It's a big price to pay. Because I'll yeah. tell you straight up, like, nothing sucks more than having no desire. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Sit in that for a bit and tell me how you feel a year, two, yeah. three, four, five, six years later. Yeah. A new car come, not a new car, a new uh, <laughs> system iPhone. comes out, iPhone comes out. You're like, I'm good. I don't want anything worldly. Like, that's a, that's a horrible place to sit in. Yeah. Yeah. And as I think long the as, one, as long as you're being intentional to that, even that mentality doesn't tap into the ego because the ego is very smart. It just, it knows that, you know, th- there's also this sense of superiority some people have when it comes to like relinquishing everything, you know, like I have a PhD in holiness. These people are, the, you know, 
kind of situation. I've seen that knocking uh, on me as well. Like I have to fight that thought, like completely surrender, one hundred percent. This is like everything I do every day, every day. Like I everything. don't miss a pill every single day. But yeah, I don't want to make this too long. But you know, um, we are at uh, one hour and twenty two minutes. Yeah, twenty two minutes. <laughs> I feel like you and I we can go for the hours. Oh, 100 percent, man. We can go for hours, man. <laughs> Back and forth. But anyway, yes. Um, you know, talking about black issues, black flights, black content creation, uh, black entrepreneurship, you know, I shout out to you for doing what you're doing, um, giving back to the community. Um, like I've always said, there's no Santa Claus coming to save the black race. The people who got to do it is us. Um, and it is important that we do the best that we can at all times and not expect rewards, validations, recognitions, and all, all of that. Those are distractions of the ego. Do the best you can yeah. at all times. Um, what will be will be whether you are present or not, but you still have the duty to you have an, a, a duty to fulfill. You have the obligation to be Chad. You have the obligation to be Uche. You have the obligation to be you watching this. You are your best asset. You are your own superhero. You are what has been perfectly brought into this world. And when all of us collectively men, men, women, black, white, everyone, when we all intentionally um maximize our potentials by doing that which comes natural and flows within us the world would be a much better place i'm doing the mm -hmm. best i can and i know how heavy it is and i know you are doing the best you can i also know how heavy it is as well and we've paid a lot of the price to get to where we're at right now and what oh, we're a hefty admission free yes a fee excuse me you know we, we we've we've paid that price you know um and we've gone to a place in our lives now where we want to give back to people, um, younger versions of, of ourselves, or even people who are much older, so they don't have to go through some of the things that we've gone through, you know, selflessly, of course. So you you owe it to yourself and you owe it to everyone else to do the best that you can at all times. Or don't. Either way, it is what it is because, you know, yeah. detached. <laughs> at the end of the day, when I die, pff, I'm gone. I have no kids, no plans to have any kids. <laughs> I will not miss this place. But it doesn't mean that I hate living. I don't hate life. I enjoy being Uche. It's it's a fun ride. And it's, that's because I'm being intentional to maximize being human at all times, every day, you know. I, I think I'll say that to that point, too, is like, I think the, the beautiful thing about So Indifferent and the name of the brand and Full Circle is I had to go through a whole extensive period of not caring in order to find something to care about. Mm. Like that was probably the biggest takeaway. I had to go through not giving a shit about a lot of stuff. And then I finally got to a point like there has to be something I could care about. And for me, it was making sure that I had, I had, I had like a, an idea or like a, a goal. Like it was, it was, it's huge, but just the idea that nobody in Toronto would have to deal with mental health issues. Mm. Now it's, I've made it even smaller that nobody in my community would have to deal with mental health issues. Mm. Because I think, I think, <laughs> Um, just us as black people, we need to understand that we are more than what we see on TV. We're more than the images that people are responding to or the symbols that people are responding to. We have talent, skills, and the ability that go beyond words. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we can get comfortable with being uncomfortable and making those steps to try to do better, because mm -hmm. it's going to be uncomfortable. Yes. But when you realize that on the other side of that uncomfort is your gift and your talent and whatever that might be, Mm -hmm. You are like steps away from becoming the greatest version of yourself. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's the beauty because I, I man, <laughs> man, the shit that I mentally, emotionally went through. I'm just like, fuck, man, every, I have yeah. to go through this shit again. again. <laughs> like the years of just in the depression and like mm-hmm. you're never seeing a way out, but to now to come full circle where I'm having a conversation with you. Yeah. I met you and by making a consciously in- intentional decision to join the men's group online mm-hmm. and now look mm-hmm. what we're having a conversation about mm-hmm. so yeah. it's just amazing how when you finally get over the fact that you're going to dance you're going to step on your partner's shoes when you're doing that dance yeah and when you get into the flow of being able to twirl mm-hmm. life then the dance becomes the, the experience of life mm-hmm. that makes sense and then that also follows the same pattern as well when you say that you stop you what what did you say you you, you, you didn't stop care. caring you didn't care. Yeah. That that is a moment I call silence. You know, like when mm-hmm. you shut everything off. Like you know, like you know what, dude, it's just too much. I'm giving my energy to this person, this thing, this place, all of that. Just you know, you cave into yourself, and in silence, you start to do you. You do that which comes natural. Whatever it is that comes natural, let it be. Let it flow. If it's not, if it doesn't have your name on it, don't do it. It is what it is. You have pushbacks in the beginnings. It will be, you know, people call you fake and wishy-washy and all kinds of stuff. But, but the more you keep doing it, the more it feels right. I have to say this part, man, because it's going to feel like you're dying. Like, I'm not even kidding you. It's going yeah. to feel like you're dying. It's going yeah. to feel like your being is dying. That's not you dying. Yeah. That's the ego. You're you confronting the ego. And the ego is saying, if I go, we both go. Yeah. The amount, this is the thing that bought, like pisses, like upsets me with mental health and suicidal ideation and all that stuff. The suicidal ideation is no, is just that version of yourself wanting to hold on because in that version of yourself, your values are there, your desires. It's this fear of this nothingness, unknownness. Yeah. That the ego's like, I'd rather both of us go than we go into that. Yeah. But you have to go through that. Because the ego you cannot exist without you. You have to give it power. So it's going to give you this illusion that you will be dying. But in, in reality, what you're shaking it up. You have to shed it. You have to, you know. Just, you have to. You just have to, man. Because <laughs> the emotions will feel intense, man. The emotions, and that's what I'm saying. Like, the emotions of that are intense. Mm. It literally feels like you're about to die. And it's mm. like, fuck it. I am terrified push through that because it's true. when that, that, that fear, and that's why I call my book, the fear theory, you have to continue to push and get closer to that fear. You cannot avoid it. You're better right. off going into something prepared than having it being sprung up on you Yeah, and not be prepared. Yeah, I agree. That's 100%. the last thing. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I agree 100%. I think we're speaking the same language. We definitely agree on so many different topics and I'd like to have you come back here so we can go back and forth again. Oh, 100%. We won't stay too long, this this long. I feel like like we will because we just... (laughs) I mean, this is great to cut up. This is like a year's (laughs) worth of content, man. I just cut this up with the 50-second little bite-sight bits. Yeah, I think I'll probably post the full one first and then cut it up eventually. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but thank you so much for coming, Chad. I really do appreciate it. And thank you so much for being patient. Um, This is something we should have done months before, but I am you know, lined up on projects and I'm currently leaving the country in a week. 
and leaving the country again in a month. So working. So I have so much happening again. I feel like <laughs> I have some people who think that I just stay at home and share memes all day long. No, memes <laughs> is a love language for me. Like this boy is busy. Okay. Like, <laughs> I got a lot of things I'm working on, you know what I'm saying? So, but thank you for being patient. Thank you for being understanding. Um, hopefully we can do this again someday. Um, do you want to leave information on how we can find you? Anyone who's watching and is interested to connect? Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram at so indifferent underscore. Um, if you want to learn more about me and my creative journey and some of the work that I do, you go to www.soindifferent.com. Um, I have a book coming out called The Fear Theory. It's the second installment that will be dropping mid-July 2023. So that's, I'm super excited for that. Thank you so much. And where can they find the book on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles? No, nah, I'm not doing Amazon. Um, I'm doing uh, my 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 website. All my information and everything I'll that you know awesome. regarding the book can be found on my uh, Instagram. So indifferent underscore. All right. Thank you so much. Let me know when it drops, actually, if you don't mind. Oh, 100%. Thank you so much, okay, for your time. And uh, this is the end of today's episode. Let us know how you feel about everything we've talked about today. Do you agree? Do you not agree? I always enjoy reading some of these comments and, of course, responding to some of them. Make sure to follow, um, download, share with your friends and family. If you're watching on YouTube, please also make sure to subscribe. Do not forget to hit that bell notification. Uh, so anytime I upload a video, you'll be the very first to be notified. Uh, lastly, feel free to follow on social media. UC underscore images is Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and TikTok is LTAUS Uche. Thank you so much. Until next episode. Peace.